Hello, welcome to the Brazilian Health Nut Show. Here you will find cutting-edge information provided by the best experts in the world so you can learn how to burn fat for the rest of your life. Bruno de Gama is the Brazilian Health Nut in a mission to solve the problems you have when trying to lose weight forever. He is a nutritional therapy practitioner, a certified personal trainer, and a holistic lifestyle coach by the Czech Institute. Don't forget to say hello and sign up to our free newsletter at www.brazilianhealthnet.com. Let's go! Hello, Burn Fat Forever Warrior. How are you doing? Welcome back to one more episode of our show. I'm so excited to share this one with you because here is the deal. You're probably one of these people and don't feel bad if you are, but here is what I get a lot. You know, Bruno, tell me how to burn more fat. Just tell me one thing. What's the one tool that I can use right now to start to change my health? And Usually, the answer that I give to this person is, there is not just such one thing like that. There is not a magic formula or a magic pill. People who are selling those things, they're probably trying to get your money, and it might work for the short term, but for the long term, it's very unlikely because you know the philosophy related to burn fat forever has to be around your lifestyle. You gotta be addressing your psychology, your nutrition, your physical activity levels, also the stress management, sleep, and all of the jazz, right? Your social life, your work, everything that I just mentioned is what's gonna move you towards achieving this high level of health. However, however, that's not to say that there isn't some specific tools that we can use on a day-to-day basis and when I'm working with my clients or even if you go just to my Facebook group, if you're not there, you should be. I'm always sharing some specific things that can help for sure to burn more fat. And that's why today I'm actually excited with this one because we're going to be talking about this specific tool that some people are starting to use back. It's something that used to be very normal. Nowadays, if you go to the street, most people are going to say, what? What are you talking about? I'm talking about fasting. Yes, not eating. Simple as that. And to talk more about this specific subject, I actually brought one of the best person in the whole world related to fasting. His name is Dr. Jason Fung, and he knows all about the topic of today, fasting. So get ready to learn all about this subject that can be one more tool under your belt to achieve burn fat forever, all right? During this episode, you're going to be learning how to use fasting to burn more fat, all right? Because we all want to burn fat every single day of our lives. That's the main source of energy that you want to be using, okay? Also, you're going to be learning what are the biggest myths related to fasting. Unfortunately, there are some people who are still thinking that fasting is dangerous, so Dr. Jason Fung is going to tell you all about that. And also, he's going to be telling you what are the best tips to someone who just wants to start right now to do this, something that he or she has never done, how to start this, how to start using fasting on a day-to-day basis. 
I'm so excited to share this one with you because I know that this is a practical advice that can be implemented in your life right now. This is going to be a classic, I'm telling you. And don't forget, there is an upcoming challenge with me where I'm going to be coaching you for free for five days. All you have to do is just go to brazilianhealthnet.com slash challenge, register for free, join hundreds, hundreds of people, almost a thousand people already there, and I'm going to be giving you all the tools necessary to start your journey towards burn fat forever. I'm going to teach you how to get more energy, how to get the body of your dreams, all of the things that you're dreaming about right now. It starts with this five-day free challenge. I hope to see you there. I hope that you take action and you join us. Just go to brazilianhealthnuts.com slash challenge register right now and I will see you there. So now let's get to the show, to the interview with the amazing Dr. Jason Fung. Enjoy it. All right, all right. Thank you so much for being here with us today, Dr. Jason. I super appreciate your time. Can you first introduce yourself? Who is Dr. Jason Funk? Um, yeah, I'm a kidney specialist from uh, Toronto, Canada, but my uh, real interest lately has been obesity, weight loss, and one of the things we use quite a bit in our uh, programs, which is uh, unique in many ways, is intermittent fasting and the treatment of obesity and type 2 diabetes. Yeah, yeah, that's something that's actually what we're going to be talking all about on the show today, guys. It's all about fasting. But before that, um, I was telling you offline here, I read your book. Do you have, I think, do you have more than two books or those are the only ones that you have? Uh, just the two. The two, although, right? Yeah, so I read your book, The one of I have to tell you, one of the best books that I read about obesity. I'm always reading different things related to how to lose weight. So when I came across your, your book, I was like, wow, this is really fascinating. So it's called, for people who want to read, I would highly recommend, it's called The Obesity Code, Unlocking the Secrets of Weight Loss. Can you just t touch a little bit, so in a nutshell, what was that book about for, for us here? Yeah, The Obesity Code really lays the foundation for the second book, which is The Complete Guide to Fasting. And what it does is it really is a book about uh, the science of weight loss and weight gain. So we all think that it's just about calories, right? Mm -hmm. But if you think that it's just about calories, then that's probably why a lot of people are not successful at weight loss. Because the thing is that if you think it's all about cutting calories... If you think calories, excess calories causes weight gain, then you would say, well, then I just need to cut the calories and I'll lose weight. Yeah. Of course, we've all done that and it doesn't work at all. And then we think that it's us, but the problem is you focused on the wrong thing. Mm -hmm. So the, really it lays out the science behind um, you know, the real proper way to look at obesity, which is a hormonal imbalance rather than a caloric imbalance. Yeah. And the main hormone, not the only hormone, but the main hormone involved is insulin. So if too much insulin causes weight gain, then the only way that you can get better is to lower that insulin. And the question is, how are you going to lower that insulin? And so some of the ways that we use is low-carbohydrate, high-fat diets, mm -hmm. and also intermittent fasting. Yeah. So that's the real thing, that, that it's really kind of is trying to set the record straight. And there are not a lot of books out there that really talk about the science of weight, like what causes weight gain. 
so it's really the answer to the question, what causes weight gain? Yeah. Right? It's a question that is fundamental to trying to lose weight, but one that nobody ever really answers. Everybody just says, oh, yeah, of course, it's calories, it's calories. It's not. Right? Yeah. If you what? think it is... You're already wrong. Yeah. Why do you think that it's still like if you walk on the street here, I'm in New York City, I see a lot of people. And if I ask them, how do you lose weight if you know they, they are struggling with the weight? I'm 100% sure that a lot of people, they would still say this. Oh, I have to go to the gym. I have to start to exercise more to burn more calories. And I also have to decrease the amount of foods that I eat, the, the, the calories that I'm eating, right? Why do you think there is, is this is still strong in our society nowadays? Well, it's because this is what everybody is taught. So you hear it all the time. There are very, very few people who come out and say, well, this whole thing about calories, it's really just wrong. Uh, so what happens, of course, is that you get taught in school, the doctors, the dietitians, yeah. everywhere you turn, they tell you it's, it's all about calories, a calorie is a calorie. Uh, the, the whole notion is slightly ridiculous because yeah. your body has no way of calculating calories. Mm -hmm. So when you eat calories, so whether if you eat, for instance, some cookies or if you eat, for instance, kale salad, now you take kale salad with salmon and you take some cookies, you take an equal calorie portion of the two of them. The minute you put that in your mouth, the hormonal response is completely different, right? So your body responds to one, the cookies, with by raising insulin and making you fat. It responds to the salad with salmon by not raising and it doesn't make you fat. So, of course, everybody knows that eating cookies all the time Will make you fat, but eating the same amount of calories as kale salad with salmon will not. So why do we even pretend that the calories are the same? A calories account. It's because there's a lot of money invested in mm -hmm. making sure that you think it's all about calories, so that it's okay to drink sugary drinks and eat cookies and eat snack foods and all this stuff. People want you to believe that, but it's simply not true. And that's what the problem is. That uh, the more people can understand that certain foods make you fat and certain foods don't make you fat, like this is not that difficult to understand, mm -hmm. uh, then they can lose weight. Yeah, this is crazy. I remember when I was um, in school here and I had a class, a nutrition class, and the professor was just pushing this notion of, you know, how do, there was, I remember there was an assignment, how do we lose um, whatever pounds, like uh, one pound in one week? And then we had to do this math. We had to calculate what we were like eating and then we, what we had to burn so that after one week, we would have burned this amount of calories. So we actually had to do a test, like math test to pass the course, which is, I was like, this is crazy. I don't know how, how, how people teach this in school. And, but let's yeah. not get into that because, you know, people who want to really understand uh, more about this subject, I would highly, highly recommend you to grab Dr. Jason's book called The Obesity Code. It's really fascinating. I'm going to be rereading that book over and over again just because there is so much in there. But what I really want to talk to you today, Dr. Jason, is about fasting, which is your second book that you co-wrote with Jimmy Moore, right? That's right. Yeah, I, we had Jimmy Moore on the show uh, back in the days, like on the beginning of the podcast, like uh, back in the days, meaning a year ago, not that long ago. <laughs> so let's start with the question. What is really fasting? 
Well, fasting is really just any time that you don't. That's really all it is. Everybody gets scared and all this sort of stuff, but that's really all it is. So the idea is that lots of people are able to uh, fast, and the you know people have been doing it since kind of the dawn of humanity. And now it seems to be like a dirty word, right? Oh, you can't do it. You should never file. You should never skip a meal. You should eat all the time. You should never let like 10 minutes go by without putting something in your mouth. I'm like, okay, this is just stupid, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you know, where do we get this idea that our, the human body is better off when you keep shoving food in its mouth, yeah. right? The point is that there is a state in your body where you're a fed state and there's a fasted state. And these got to be in balance. It's all about balance. Mm-hmm. If you put one of them out of balance and you're feeding yourself all the time, you are going to gain weight. That's the way it is. So your body can really only exist in one of two states. You're either storing food energy or you're burning food energy. Okay, mm-hmm. So you take in food energy, your body stores it. When you sleep, you know, you're fasting because you're sleeping and your body burns food energy that it's stored from before. Mm-hmm. And that's why you don't die in your sleep. And it's normal. Yeah. So people understand, or they used to understand, that these kind of have to be in balance in order for you to stay weight stable. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, if you tell your body to continually store food energy, then guess what? <laughs> you're going to store it, and then you're going to gain Fat, which is just stored food energy. Yeah. So all you do if you want to lose that fat is extend the time that your body is able to kind of burn food energy and let it burn it. And that's it. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that, right? right? That's the whole idea. This is natural. This is part of our uh, natural human evolution. Even the word itself, breakfast, the meal that breaks your fast. Mm-hmm. Well, what it means is that you need to be fasting every single day, mm-hmm. right? That means if you eat from, say, you know, breakfast, lunch, dinner, you know, eight in the morning till six at night kind of thing, right? Breakfast at eight, dinner at six. It's like about 10 hours of feeding and 14 hours of fasting. Perfect. Perfectly mm-hmm. balanced. And this is the way people used to eat in the 70s, 60s. I mean, they were eating white bread, Right? There was no whole wheat bread. Well, there was, but none of the kids, none of us kids would eat it, right? And then there's no whole wheat pasta. You know, they're still eating cookies. They're still eating ice cream. The point is that they're not eating all the time. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. You got to let your body have a chance to burn it off. So if you look at studies from the 1970s, the NHANES studies, which is a big American survey, what you see is that the average number of meals per day is three in the 70s. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, that's it. That's the only times you ate. Now it's closer to six, right? So you look at my son's schedule. It's like breakfast, mid-morning snack, lunch, (laughs) after-school snack, dinner, and then, you know, if you play soccer, then you have a snack between the halves of soccer. I mean, come on, give me a break. That's six times a day. And we pretend that to these people that somehow this is actually a healthy thing. Mm -hmm. Okay, but if you're eating all the time, aren't you just going to gain weight? The answer is yes. But they tell you, oh, no, no, you're going to lose weight. I'm like, are you crazy? Yeah. You're going to eat more often. Just lose weight. That's crazy. Yeah. You touch on so many points that I want to go deeper here a little later on. But like you just mentioned here, fasting is not really something new. And even though people, if you if you talk on the street again here, people are going to, what? What is what does that mean, fasting, right? So can you just give a little bit of the, for, for the, like, history of fasting, like with societies and even religion? I, I remember you touched this in your book. 
Yeah, I mean, this is the the thing is that in the early days, of course, uh, humans probably fasted inadvertently. That is, there's no food, so they couldn't eat, so they're fasting. Right. It wasn't kind of something they wanted to do. Then, as food became more plentiful, you had organized religions. Who and almost every single major religion in the world has prescribed periods of fasting because people kind of understood that yes, you should do it every day, but once in a while it's kind of good to do a longer fast and kind of you know make sure everything kind of gets cleansed out. It's like a cleanse, right? So that's what happened. If you look at all religions, like Ramadan, there's a month of fasting yeah. during Lent, a season of fasting, and all these sort of things. In the Jewish faith, there's fasting. In Greek Orthodox faith, there's fasting. In Buddhism, there's fasting. In Hinduism, there's fasting. So it's really everywhere. So it's not something that somebody came up with and thought was a good idea. It's something that virtually every uh, kind of group of people in the entire world realized that, hey, this is a pretty good idea, and it's free, so why not? Um, and that kind of stayed with us until kind of probably around the modern age, 1970-ish. At that time, so fasting has been around a long time, and people always recognize that it's good, but then around 1970, 1960, something like that, just after the war, what happened was that snack food companies really wanted to sell food, right? Mm -hmm. And you can only sell so much food if you're going to compete three meals a day. Yeah. So they very uh, sneakily uh, started to promote the fact that you should snack, which was completely opposite to everything that ha had happened before. Uh, and then they, they just promoted it. They kept promoting it, promoting it, promoting it, that this kind of snack is healthy, snacking is normal. Uh, it's not normal. You don't need to snack if you, you when you eat, you eat. When you mm -hmm. don't eat, you don't eat. That's mm -hmm. the bottom line, right? Mm -hmm. So that's what happened. And then eventually, um, they, uh, you know, they they got bolder and bolder. So then the snacking was okay. And then they went, oh, snacking is actually good for you, right? So you have doctors, for example, like really crazy with crazy crazy ideas like oh you have to eat within 30 minutes of waking up i'm like why why would you even want to if you're not hungry yeah, if not. don't eat right that's your body telling you you don't need to eat and now you're going to shove some food in your mouth and expect to lose weight mm -hmm. like are you yeah crazy you crazy crazy stuff I was... and of course yeah and, and these are physicians who say they're specialists in obesity medicine, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, that's the dumbest idea I've ever heard. Right. And of course, their patients don't ever lose any weight, and then they say, oh, well, then go get some surgery, right? And it's like, <laughs> okay, that's crazy stupid. Okay. Yeah. So, so Dr. the Jake, thing is... I was, I, was here in, I, mean, I was here in Manhattan. I was in on the Cartier store. So I was talking to the security, and he was a little, like, he was overweight. So, you know, I, I love talking about health. So I started talking to him about his weight and giving him some tips. And then I touched on the subject of fasting. And then he looked at me and, like, fasting? Why should I fast? How would you answer the question, like, in, in summary here, the summary of the answers? Well, why should you fast? The real answer is there's lots of different reasons to fast, but as a treatment for obesity, 
to lose weight, type 2 diabetes, it's very effective, and that's the real answer. Now, there are other reasons as well. So we have uh, lots of people do it for religious purposes, spiritual purposes. They do it for uh, kind of anti-aging purposes. Some people think it prevents cancer. Some people think it improves mm-hmm. their uh, mental abilities, cognition. And there's all sorts of research into these different areas. Some of them, of course, not as well, um, not as well explored as others, mm-hmm. uh, for sure. Mm-hmm. But... Um, the thing is that there definitely is a lot of uh, reasons that you could uh, fast. So, yeah. so you have to, you have to you know have to know what what your own reason is. Right. So what about in terms of weight loss here? What is really happening when we are fasting? Yeah, when you fast, really, what happens is that your your insulin levels drop, your blood glucose drops. And then your body uh, produces hormones to counter that, right? Insulin's a hormone, so this is natural. So when you eat, insulin goes up. When you don't eat, when you fast, insulin goes down. So as blood glucose goes down, your body has to now pull some of that glucose out of your stores and use it for energy so that you don't die. So what happens is certain hormones are activated, and there's the sympathetic nervous system, there's noradrenaline, there's growth hormone uh, that are all released and these are the so-called counter regulatory hormones and these run count they basically counter insulin so insulin lowers the blood glucose this raises the blood glucose so because of those hormonal changes what happens is that you have you see see the things that so for instance noradrenaline goes up so you feel more energized some people find that their brain activity works better um, the growth hormone goes up so that maintains your lean mass and prevents the kind of wasting of uh, lean tissue uh, body metabolism goes up because of the activation of the um, of the body in terms of the uh, you know sympathetic nervous system so there's all different sort of uh, reasons uh, why you might uh, do it but that's basically what happens and it's normal and then you know you you burn sugar right so you store sugar as glycogen in the liver and once you finish with the sugar then you burn fat and that's mm-hmm. really all that ever happens right so yeah. you store sugar So when you eat, you store sugar as glycogen in the liver, and then you store fat. When you don't eat, you burn that sugar, and then you burn the fat. Right. And that's really all that happens, right? And everybody uh, tries to, you know, they're also alarmist. They always say, oh, you're going to go into starvation mode. You're going to burn muscle. You're going to do this, that. And it's like uh, most of that is just not true. Mm. Yeah. So what are the, like, the biggest myths that you see related to fasting in the media? Um. There's probably two big ones. One is that you'll go into starvation mode. That's probably the uh, biggest one that we see. Like losing uh, muscle mass, you mean, also? Uh, starvation mode is an, uh, the idea that your um, your body metabolism will flow far. That, so, mm. if, for example, if you normally burn uh, 2,000 calories a day, as you... As you cut your calories, so when you try and do a, a calorie-restricted diet, your metabolism actually slows. So you're actually burning, for example, 1,500 calories a day. So now you're burning less calories. It's going to be easier for you to gain weight. That's so-called starvation mode. That actually happens when you try to do, um, when you try to do these sort of… Um, counting calories kind of thing? Yeah, counting calories, 
chronic restriction of calories. Right. It, it doesn't, and that's why it doesn't work. So people have done these, uh, you know, studies on those biggest loser episodes, and people who uh, who do that sort of um, the biggest loser competition, their metabolism slows so much that they wind up regaining all that weight. They they are burning about seven hundred to eight hundred calories less every single day. Right, and that's a huge hurdle to overcome if you're trying to keep that weight off. So that's the that's the kind of starvation mode myth. So they say, well, if you fast, your metabolism is going to slow, so you should never fast ever. Uh, <laughs> and and that actually doesn't happen. So if you look at studies of what actually happens during uh, fasting, you find that metabolism does not slow at all. And that's yeah. the a big advantage because if you're trying to lose weight, but your body is just kind of uh, burning less and less, then you're not going to be able to lose weight. So fasting actually keeps it high because what happens is, of course, it, it makes your body switch fuel sources from food to fat rather than just slowing down your body. And that's the real advantage of uh, fasting in terms of keeping that weight off. It's far, far, far more effective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, this reminds me of my friend Dimitri here, he, he's always eating like every three hours. And I ask, why are you eating all the time, Dimitri? And he's like, oh, I have to keep my metabolism up, you know, I have to be eating all the time or I'm going to be losing muscle. He's a big guy. He's like a muscle guy. Yeah. So he's always like eating his chicken with broccoli and rice all over the place, like everywhere he goes. He takes that with you, with him. It's crazy. And so what about the breakfast being the most important meal of the day? You know, we hear this all the time. So what about this one? And again, that's one of these sort of myths that kind of gets um, passed on and on and on. And it's not really true either. I mean, breakfast means that it's the meal that breaks your fast, but it doesn't mean that you have to take it right in the morning. If you're not, if you're not um, hungry in the morning, then you don't need to eat. That's the bottom line. There's nothing um, magic about it. So if you don't eat breakfast, what happens? Well... Your body, which because of the nighttime has started burning kind of the stored food energy, which is the sugar and the fat, it just keeps burning it for a few more hours. What's wrong with that? That sounds pretty good to me. So why don't we do it? And the reason is there is no reason. Uh, you know, you can absolutely skip breakfast and not worry that it's going to irreversibly Uh, harm your metabolism. That's not what it does. Again, if you look at how this kind of came about, why we say things like, you know, most important meal of the day and stuff, a lot of it was driven, in fact, by the breakfast food companies. And those people obviously had uh, interest in making you think that you absolutely had to eat breakfast. But you don't. You can break your fast at you know, 6 p.m. if you want. There's no mm. reason that you have to. Your body just burns more energy while you're, uh, while you're not eating, right? When you're not eating, you're burning energy. When you are eating, you know, you're storing it. So if you want to burn it, you need to extend the time that you let it burn. And the other big myth is that it burns muscle. And again, mm. uh, not, not it, there's no truth to it. I mean, again, it's if people fasted, uh, then you'd have 
and, and burn muscle, then you'd have to believe that our bodies are so badly designed that we store sugar and we store fat as food energy, but when we need it, we burn muscle. It's like, do you mm-hmm. think that makes sense? Yeah, especially if you look back into our ancestors, how would that make sense for them when they didn't have this availability of food that we have nowadays here? Everywhere we go on the corner, we have a supermarket. So it's a completely different environment from before. And I can prove, I can prove, I am a proof that this doesn't happen because I started fasting probably three, four years ago. And I always, I always had this fear of, oh, I'm already skinny. If I'm going to be fasting, I'm actually going to be losing more muscle. And so I started, I rarely have breakfast like in the morning. My breakfast is my lunch, which is probably around 12, 1. I just had actually right before here as we talk. And I didn't lose any muscle at all. Like I actually have been gaining muscle for the last three, four years, slightly but surely. So yeah, definitely not. Yeah, so, I mean, and absolutely. Sorry, no. If 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 you're underweight, then uh, for sure, then fasting, you know, long periods of time may not be what you want to do, right? Everybody says, oh, mm-hmm. you say it's okay. Let's like let's do some common sense, right? If you are, you know, eighty pounds, right, six foot and eighty pounds, then no, you shouldn't be fasting a long time because you don't really have a lot of fat stores. But if you're three hundred pounds and type two diabetic then yeah, hey, maybe it's a great idea, right? So you got to use a little bit of common sense, people always say, and you got to go with how you feel. So if you started doing it and you really felt bad and all this sort of stuff, then of course you should stop because weight loss is not your major problem here. So mm. therefore you can change. Like you can't, you can't kind of leave common and say, oh, you know, you said this and then not right. use any common sense at all, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, that's specific the whole thing. for the situation. Yeah, exactly. But if you think about the weight loss in, uh, you know, fasting, so everybody worries so much. Well, a pound of fat is roughly 3,500 calories. So most people eat somewhere around 1,800, 2,000 calories a day. So you're talking about eating two full days to lose one pound of fat, right? That's a lot less uh, fat burning than most people think is going on, right? So if you fast, for example, for 10 days, which is quite long, you could expect to lose five pounds of fat. That's it. Considering most people want to lose, you know, 20, 25 pounds, that's all that that's all that you get for that 10 days. It's it's mm-hmm. not that much. That's why people have trouble losing weight. Hey, Burn Fat Forever Warrior, I hope that you are enjoying the show. Just a quick break here because I want to offer something very, very special. I want to invite you to my free five-day health challenge that's coming up. All you have to do is just go to brazilianhealthnuts.com slash challenge and register for free right now. During this five-day, I'm going to be personally coaching you with the help of hundreds of other people who are also in the challenge and gonna give you the whole support to start your health journey. Burning more fat, feeling better, having more energy, just becoming this amazing human being, this healthiest version of yourself that I know that you want to have in your life. So don't procrastinate, take action, and just join us on brazilianhealthnuts.com slash challenge. And I will see you there, right? So let's get back to the show right now. Enjoy it. 
Yes, yes, that makes so much sense, Dr. Jason. So what about like, so some people here should not fast and some should. What? How do you break like in a simple definition here? Who should and, and who shouldn't fast? Uh, there are a few people who shouldn't fast. So pregnancy, breastfeeding, children, mm. and if you're underweight or malnourished. Okay. Those people shouldn't fast. If you have a history of anorexia nervosa, then perhaps it's not the best idea either. Everybody else, it's possible to fast. Mm -hmm. um, and fasting meaning here, like, because we always like fasting, right? Like you said before, when we are sleeping, we are fasting, we wake up, we are still in this fasting mode. When you're talking about should not fasting, meaning like purposely, like be without food consciously? Uh, yeah, I mean, you, because the problem with those groups of people is that there's a people the there's a risk of nutrient deficiency okay. it's not a big issue for most people but with pregnancy breastfeeding and growing children of course they do need those nutrients to grow you want them to grow so you shouldn't do long fast and the thing about fasting is that it's really flexible i mean it's not like i'm telling everybody to go out and fast for 40 days and 40 nights right mm -hmm. fasting can be like 16 hours right so if you don't you know, if you don't eat, if you stop eating at 6 p.m. and you don't eat again until 12, right? That's still a good long period of fasting. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna. It's just yeah, we're deliberately gonna, adding that, right? Right, right. We're gonna get you know, a, a little more details about the how to do this, which is really the most important part. Uh, points here right if you guys can just start to apply no matter what you don't even have to understand all the science behind the the what and the why but if you just implement this in your life it's gonna be awesome but before that i just want to ask you one more question here you have a chapter on on your book called what you need to know about hunger can you just touch briefly on that point yeah so the main concern that people have is hunger they think that they're going to get so hungry that they won't be able to function, that kind of thing. And that's not really what happens. And sometimes it just means doing it to, um, to kind of convince yourself that you can. And it doesn't work that way. The hunger definitely comes in waves. So, for instance, at noontime, if you're not eating, you'll still feel hungry. That's normal. Hmm. It passes, though. And most people who have worked through lunch, for example, know this. So at lunchtime and 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock, oh, I'm really hungry, uh, but you're so busy, you just keep working. And then by 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock, that hunger has completely passed. And I think most people have felt that, but never kind of, it never really registered as a conscious yeah. thought. It's because what happens, of course, is that once that passes, your body pulls out the food energy from your liver, from your fat stores, and feeds your body. So you're essentially just eating your fat for lunch. That's mm. it. So then you don't get hungry and it passes. With the extended fast, it tends to peak at day two. And then after that, the hunger actually starts to slowly dissipate. So by day three, day four, day five, it's a bit better. But better by day six, people are like, wow, I could go forever. Yeah, uh, so, so true. Yeah, it's it's one of these things that you really have to. Yeah, absolutely. And and again, it's because the human body is such a magnificent sort of machine that it knows that if you are fasting, and remember back in the caveman days, this is all inadvertent sort of fasting. Uh, 
they don't want you to be kind of consumed with hunger that you're just going to go crazy kind of thing. So over time, mm-hmm. it actually dissipates. So that's why when you see people doing hunger strikes and stuff, crazy stunts like 30 days, 40 days uh, for political reasons or whatever, or people who just want to do it, people always think, wow, I wonder how you do it. Because people assume that the hunger just kind of goes up in a straight line. Yeah. But it doesn't. It peaks. It goes down by day seven. They could go for another 25 days without much difficulty. And that's what people tell us all the time. Yeah, this too. is so true. That's yeah, why this people... So, yeah, this is so true. And I've been experimenting with fasting for the last three, four years. And usually what I do, I have this intermittent fasting, right, where I don't eat anything in the morning. So it's pretty much like a 16 Uh, hour window where I don't have any food and then I have uh, eight hours where I'm gonna have two or three meals depending on the day and depending on my level of uh, activity as well and also for example when I go to Brazil I do like a 24 hour fasting I just live before leaving here in New York I have a big meal and then I just don't eat anything until I get home and that's almost pretty much 24 hours I go straight to the beach I live close to the beach Go going to the ocean and, and all of that, uh, enjoying, and then I come back home, and then my mom she has some amazing food, but takes like 24 hours. And those, and also sometimes here in New York, I do like a 24 hour day fasting. Those are the ones that I've been using in my life right now. So, how should we go about this starting to fast for somebody who has never done this, who is, is struggling with their weight and want to try, want to experiment into their lives fasting? How would you go about this? I think that the best thing is just to start by adding these kind of 16-hour fasts and try the 24-hour fast. Uh, and then if you want to, to go into the longer fast, if it, it's not necessary. We get people who do very well just doing these kind of short-term fasts. So I think that's, that's it, yeah, right? You can just slowly extend the time until you're comfortable. Um, something like 24-hour fast twice a week will definitely give you some good results in terms of weight loss. If you need more or if you need faster, uh, you can try the longer ones. Uh, but you got to realize that the hunger peaks on day two. So day two is always the hardest day if you ever do these longer ones. So we generally tend to steer people away from doing kind of 48-hour fast because there's no point doing the hardest day and then quitting. You may as well just go out to five or seven days if you need that power to lose mm-hmm. weight and diabetes. You might as well do that because day three is a little easier, day four is a little easier, but the benefits are the same. The benefits for weight loss, the benefits for everything are the same. So you might as well do that. So uh, that's the only thing I would say is 24, 36 hours, you're going to do great short-term fast. I would stay away a little bit from the four-day, uh, the two-day fast. And then the next uh, stage would be kind of into the five to seven day sort of range. And of course, those are not done all the time. Those are done uh, kind of once in a while to really get your body back in sync. Right. Interesting thing about jet lag too. Some people find that if they fast during the trip, then it makes uh, the jet lag actually go away. And you know, some people think that a lot of this kind of um, our kind of rhythm like our daily rhythm is a lot set by our meals so if you just fast you kind of reset that and it may be useful so some people do that uh, other people when they're traveling find it very difficult to stay away from eating mostly because of boredom truthfully 
And I think that's the same reason that a lot of truck drivers, for example, develop a lot of obesity type 2 diabetes because they're sitting at that, uh, behind that wheel for so long with really nothing else to do and it passes the time. So uh, you got to really, uh, one of the things about fasting is it really allows you to distinguish between when you really are hungry and when you're really just bored. Right. Because you kind of understand your body a little bit better. Yeah. And also when you start to eat food again, there's a kind of more enjoyment of the food because you're kind of away from it a little bit more, right? So mm-hmm. if you're eating all the time, I mean, I don't know how many times people have, ah, there's nothing to eat. So I'll eat this, but I don't really like it, but it's lunchtime and there's nothing else in the cafeteria. Yeah. It's like, I never do that anymore. I'm like, if there is nothing to eat, I just won't eat. Then so true. Yes, wait it's so until true. Until it makes so something easy to, to eat, right? Yeah, it makes uh, life so much easier too, more convenient. And even like when I'm doing this 24-hour fasting when I'm going to Brazil, well, the number one reason why I started doing this was actually because I there was nothing really good to eat inside the plane and on the airport was kind of hard. So I was like, I might as well just fast. And after like a certain period of time, like you said here, I got a little bit hungry after, I don't know, like six, seven, eight hours. And then it was just like coming on waves, but very small. And I would drink some water and it would go away. So actually, when I was about to eat the food from my mom that I told you, I was not even hungry anymore. I could go on for, I don't know, I haven't experimented experiment with longer than 24 hours for myself but anyway so it's, it's pretty cool what happens with your body so is there any difference dr uh, jason related to like breaking the fast for example in the like in the afternoon like fasting during the morning more and maybe or comparing to fasting more in the evening i remember one of the things that really caught my attention on your book was it's a little more scientific um, but it was more like related to the timing in terms of the the way your body is utilizing the nutrients and the and when is more like hungrier according to this hormonal this circadian rhythm right so in the in the evening it's like it's probably going to be hungrier anyway it's just just is there any really like difference between like fasting in the morning compared to in the evening I think that if you look at some people ask me that, and it's um, the, our number one rule, it really is to get the fasting schedule, which kind of suits your life, right? You yeah. don't change your life to fit your fasting schedule. Your fasting schedule should fit into your life, uh, and that's the most important thing. Now, if you are to look at the circadian rhythm, some people say, "Oh, I'm going to eat one meal a day, which is like a 20-hour fast, and I'll do that kind of five days a week or whatever." Um, so they say, "What's the best?" The best, from a physiologic standpoint, personally, and, and there's a lot of people who uh, argue about this, but I think that it's actually best big meal kind of in the midday, somewhere mm. like 2 o'clock, something like that, yeah. in the afternoon. Uh, the, the reason is that if you look at hunger in the evening, um, so there's a circadian rhythm of hunger. The least hungry you will be all day is 8 a.m. in the morning. Mm. So there's no point stuffing your face if you're not hungry. That's just not a good strategy. At 8 p.m. is when you're hungriest. Right. And for the same amount of food, you will actually get more insulin response. So insulin is the one that is a hormone that makes you gain weight. So again, that's also not an optimal strategy from a purely physiologic standpoint. So the best is really to have a big midday meal, right? So if you're going to do it, I think that's the optimal strategy. I never do that. It's not like I go out at 2 p.m. 
and have a big <laughs> meal because I'm working, man. <laughs> like five days, six days of the week, I'm working and I don't have time at 2 p.m. I'm in a meeting, I have people to see, I have stuff to do. It just doesn't fit my schedule at all. So I don't do it. So right. I tend, and most people in North America tend to go with a big evening meal. Yeah, but again, I suspect that that is not the optimal strategy. I, I think that it's actually best to have a big midday uh, meal. So, and, mm -hmm. and, you know, you can argue, some people will argue, you know, different reasons. So that's my personal opinion. You okay. know, if, if, and it doesn't work for everybody. Some people will say, oh, I do really good if I have a big breakfast and go right to the next breakfast. Well, then you should do it, right? Right. Just because I say, you know, a lot yeah. of people think that the midday meal is best, but you find that breakfast is best, doesn't mean you should change. You should do what works for you. Yeah, absolutely. If it's working for you, then keep doing whatever you're doing if you're happy with the results. But if it's not working, then maybe try what Dr. Jason is talking about here. Maybe can change your health for the rest of your life and you don't even know about it if you don't try, right? Yeah. So, right, Dr. Jason, is there anything else re related to fasting here that I didn't ask you today that you think it's important to share here with the audience? I think the most important thing is that you should try it. Like the first couple of weeks, it, it's not going to be that much fun, right? Like anything else, it takes a bit of getting used to. It takes about two weeks, but there, it's a very powerful tool for weight loss. You don't have to do it if you don't want to, but don't get scared away by people say, oh, this and that. They really have no scientific evidence behind them. Well, the best strategy is just to do it, see how you're doing. See how you feel. If it's working for you, then you should probably keep doing it. If you mm -hmm. don't, then don't. But don't let people scare you away from even trying it, right? Because everybody says fasting, and oh, that's so bad. That's the initial reaction. I'm like, but you haven't even tried it. You haven't yeah. even thought about it. And they're like, I can't do it. And it's like, have you done? Have you ever tried it? And they're like, no. And then how <laughs> do you know you can't do it? Well, I just know. It's like, okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, have open mind know, here, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just try it, but don't let the first time. Like the first time is going to be tough because there's lots of things that your body needs to kind of adjust to, right? If you yeah, uh, definitely don't give it a chance, you'll never know if you are going to benefit or not. Yeah. That's so true. And I, I'm a little biased to say here, but I, I love fasting. And it's something that was kind of like you just said. It's not like I woke up one day, okay, I'm just going to be doing this fasting and everything was perfect. But no, it was like a process every month, every year that has been going through this process is becoming easier and easier. And I can tell you, life is much better when you can fast. It's just easier. It's more convenient. And also... From what I learned from you, there is a lot of benefits related to that into your health, like things that we didn't even touch today, like cancer and longevity and all those things. So, yeah, it's amazing. So, Dr. Jason, where can people find your work if they want to talk to you more? Do you have a website you'd like to share here with us? Yeah, so you can go to www.dietdoctor.com. That's not my website, but I'm on there, and it's a really great website for all things in terms of low-carb diets and intermittent fasting. My website is www.intensivedietarymanagement.com, and it's uh, got a weekly blog on there as well as links to uh, a lot of my videos and so on. It's mostly 
geared towards, again, the question of what causes weight gain, how would you reverse type 2 diabetes, that sort of thing. It's not got a lot of recipes and stuff. So the dietdoctor.com is a great site for that. Awesome. I'm going to make sure to link here on the website as well. Dr. Jason, thank you so much. And um, yeah, I appreciate what you do. And I actually, I have few people that I listen to nowadays in terms of weight loss, but you are definitely one of them. I consider you to be one of my mentors here into this weight loss arena. So thank you for the work that you do and keep it up, man. I look forward okay. to, to, to learn more from you. All right. Thanks, Bruno. Thanks for listening to the Brazilian Health Nut Show. Go to www.brazilianhealthnut.com for much more information about how to burn fat for the rest of your life. Hasta luego!